Before I start, thank you for listening. This is the Ignition Podcast. Get ready to fuel your passion for cars and motorsport every Monday and Thursday. We bring you stories, valuable career tips and tricks that will help you navigate the automotive world. So don't miss out. Follow the Ignition Podcast now and join the drive towards becoming the number one automotive podcast worldwide. Let's embark on this thrilling journey together. Enjoy the episode. When I say great British racing drivers, who comes to mind? Sterling Moss, Jackie Stewart, or maybe Jason Plato? Well, today's guest has had the pleasure of meeting them all, and even in that meeting, taking some of their best moments and capturing them in one image. Indira Flack isn't the biggest petrol head, but she is an exact example of what I love on this podcast, following a passion and seeing where it gets you. For most of us to even shake the hands of the heroes, as mentioned earlier, would be enough. But thanks to her, they are immortalized in the only collection of its type. Now, listen to the end of this to learn what it takes, you need to know, and how to get there. It won't disappoint. My artistic career has been a, a catalogue of disasters, but it all worked out in the end. Sometimes you just have to go with the flow. I know that it sounds a bit scary sometimes. Unless you're desperate to go to college and have that experience, photography is one of those jobs where it's probably better to work with photographers. So Great British Racing Drivers is a project that I've been working on for nine years. <laughs> but it was a lot of research because I didn't know who anybody was apart from first driver was Sir Sterling Moss and my second driver was John Surtees and my third driver was Sir Jackie Stewart. So I just thought, stop with those three. Everybody else will say yes and they did. <laughs> well, everybody was very enthusiastic about it because they were saying, nobody's ever done this before. Mm. There's no collection like it. Indra, why is what you're doing now important to you? Um, well, I, I just, I really love photography. I love it. It's not a job at all. It's just, um, it's just an absolute pleasure. I mean, obviously there are jobs and some people that you meet that you might not like so much. But in general, it's just such a brilliant thing to do because um, you meet all these wonderful people that you would never meet normally. Um, and that's from sort of so-called ordinary people mm. to television stars, drivers, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I've met some fantastic people, not, as I say, not all famous or well-known um, at all, but just some really lovely people. And some of them I'm still in touch with. So they they sort of become friends, which is lovely. So um, it's just a brilliant, a brilliant thing to do, a lovely way to meet people. And what I really love is being able to photograph people who, as soon as you open the door, they open the door to you. The first thing they say to you is, I hate having my picture taken. <laughs> and then by the end of it, they're so enjoying themselves, they don't want you to stop. And that's that's the best thing about it. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd think that the person you know, in front of the camera is a whole vanity thing, but some people can be very humble about it, can't they? Because I know mm, that mm. I did I did headshots ages ago for when I started doing the podcast, and I, I did the same thing. I opened the yeah. door to the, I went to the, guy, the guy's house, and I was like... I'm not very photogenic though. It was the line mm. I used. And by the end of it, I loved it. I was having a great time. It was cracking jokes. Yeah. We, yeah you, you did something a bit different. It's, it's, it's weird how art can open people up. Like yes. It's a, it's a yes, exactly. Exactly. And also I had a, I had a classic with a lady um, in South Wales and bearing in mind that I'd driven from London all the way down to South Wales to photograph her. She opened the door to me and said, Oh my goodness, I really hate having my picture taken. I look terrible. Um, and and you've come all this way to photograph me. And it's like, no, I'm being paid <laughs> to come all this way to photograph you. It's fine. <laughs> and and I said, don't worry about it. You'll you'll be absolutely fine. It's just me and Paul, who's my other half who who assists me. Um, and you'll have a wonderful time. Don't even think about it. And she showed me <clears throat> pictures of why she didn't like the way she looked in photos. And I frankly thought, I'm not surprised because she smiled with her mouth facing down. I don't know quite how she did it, 
So that's a, that's a skill. Sort of <laughs> like that. It was really weird. And I said to her, okay, and this is the b- back in the days of film, because I'm really old. Um, so I said to her, right, I'm going to take two Polaroids and I'm going to take one Polaroid of you and you smile how you normally smile in pictures. And then I want you to trust me and do exactly what I say. And then I'll take another Polaroid. And we did that. And she she did her downward smile. And I said, right now, think of something really funny and just smile thinking about it. Don't think about having your picture taken. And she, she did this lovely smile, took a Polaroid showed them to her when they they'd both developed and she went oh my god oh my god I'm never going to smile like that again I'm always going to smile like that and she was there absolutely fine she had a lovely time and she loved her pictures and that was fine so you know that's that's kind of where you want to be with people who don't like having their picture taken (laughs) that's an amazing thing I know but it was amazing to like sort of get change people's mindset around taking a photo and then you know mm. seeing like actual joy come out of them rather than mm. you know stand still I'm going to force a smile out of you yeah but actually yeah. like you say get, getting them to enjoy themselves first yeah and actually exactly. doing a bit of the old warming up I haven't beforehand. I haven't quite mastered that myself yet because I hate having my picture taken <laughs> and I'm kind of always standing there going just think nice thoughts think nice thoughts you'll be fine you'll be fine yeah. but I'm not as I'm I'm not as good at it myself <laughs> I mean, but you've not, you've not always been a photographer, have you? And what was it What was like, you know, at school? Because I know for me, when I left school, I, I knew what I wanted to do, but I couldn't do it. But what was what was that like? What was that for like for you? Were there things you wanted to do? Were there things you wanted to try out? Did you not know? I, I always wanted to do something to do with art. I was always drawing when I was little. Terrible. I'm terrible at drawing. <laughs> but I, I loved it. I was always very arty. Um my mum and dad were brilliant and they sent me to a school which was very arty um and my teacher there madame robinson who was always who was also our french teacher was fantastic i was hopeless at french but i was much better at art so <laughs> thank you wasn't her teacher. <laughs> um uh so and she was she was fab because she was French and she was very chic mm. and we all wanted to be Madame Robinson. Um, and she was a lovely art teacher. And um, so I always wanted to do art and I was very lucky at that school. So for O-level art, we were allowed to do fabric printing, which I absolutely loved. It was really good fun and it was fab. And I thought, I'm going to be a fabric designer um and so I did O level R um O level fabric printing and failed it. <laughs> I just thought, oh, okay. Um but I'd already I'd already got my place um at art college on foundation. So it didn't really matter. And an O level art wasn't a requirement, so mm-hmm. strangely. So that was fine. That was very lucky. So my my artistic career has been a um a catalogue of disasters, but it all worked out in the end. So we'll get to that. So anyway, yeah. failed failed my art O level, went to foundation, which was absolutely brilliant. Had a fantastic time there. Very lucky to do a two-year foundation course, which they don't I don't think they do them anymore. And we did everything from fabric printing to um photography to sculpture to fine art to pottery I mean it was brilliant Mm. we just did everything and it was absolutely fabulous um and so I still wanted to do fabric printing at that point so which was fine I you know really enjoyed it and we had lovely the proper big long rubber tables where you glued your fabric down and you did your registration and it was it was great it was really good fun so applied to college um to polytechnic in those days because they the art colleges weren't universities applied to liverpool which had a really lovely textile fabric printing department didn't get in there um and they sent my application form off to my second choice supposedly everybody else in my ear was getting all their second choice interviews and nothing came through and I'm thinking oh god what's happened Mm. so my tutor phones up 
my second choice college and they say no we haven't got her application so he phones up Liverpool and says no we've sent it so the Royal Mail had gobbled up my apps application no idea where it went it just disappeared must, must be terrifying yeah. yeah and I just thought oh my god it's okay to talk right well Tacona is a brand that's changing mental health awareness I have always been one that's found it hard to talk and that my feelings well they weren't exactly best spoken once I found Tacona and learned more about what Lewis does, I was amazed that a clothing brand is making people aware just with one simple logo. If you see a Tacona t-shirt, a shirt, a cap, a hat, a sticker, whatever it is, you know that person knows. It's okay to talk. And because they want to help spread the message, Tacona is giving us 10% off. So if you listen to this podcast, in the show notes below will be a link to the website. And if you use code Ignition10, you get 10% off store-wide products. So, enjoy and enjoy the rest of the episode. That's another disaster, you know, and you kind of think it's the end of the world at the time, as you, as I did when I... Well, actually, no, I didn't think that when I failed my O-level because I already had my place at college, so it didn't matter. Mm. But this was a little bit more, you know, who? Yeah. <laughs> what am really... I going to do now? Um, so I had to... The only option that, that we could do was to wait for the uh, pool places to come out. And the only two colleges with fabric printing options were Ulster or North Staffordshire Polytechnic. It was called a multidisciplinary design course. Now, try saying that after a few beers <laughs> in Freshers' Week. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm on the art course. Um, so that was great because it was like an extended foundation course. So you could do your chosen subject and mine was actually surface pattern is what they called it there because you could print on anything not just fabric which I thought was fantastic it sounded absolutely brilliant um so you could do that with another subject for the first term and I chose photography because I thought oh they go really well together for gathering patterns and information and you know all that kind of stuff for, for fabric design so you you did a I can't remember how many weeks in in your main subject and however many weeks in your second subject for the first term and then you went after Christmas into your main subject so I did that and I went into surface pattern after Christmas for my main subject and absolutely hated it (laughs) and just thought oh god not another disaster (laughs) but my tutors said and this was the best thing that anybody's ever said to me ever is why don't you just go back into photography because you really loved that and your marks were so much better than they were in in your chosen so it's like okay (laughs) and then they said do that for the rest of the year and then if you don't like it or you don't get on with it or you think it's not for you leave and come back next year and try again yeah so I thought oh okay that sounds like a, a good idea um so I went into photography and it was just brilliant I loved it so that was my disastrous route <laughs> to photography, but it all worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's almost just like you, you know listening to people that you know you may you may think you're stuck on that course because you signed up for a batch. There are there mm. are other alternatives, and if you're you know at that point in life you're, you're down going down a route, and actually you know oh I quite enjoyed that thing I did a while back, and yeah. she's quite good at it. Why you know try to do that, and it can for some people it can be kind of like a, yeah. a, a pulling and pushing like do I do this, do I do that, and you can be quite torn. And it's, mm. like I say, at that, at that age, it is quite confusing. So I remember being mm. at that, like leaving leaving secondary school with, you know, not great grades, but enough to get into the A-levels I wanted to do, but not enough to get the A-levels I wanted to do at my school. And, and you have to sit down. You just go, oh, I, I, I thought I was going on this path. Mm. Mm. And they go, actually, wait, no, that you can't. And it's like, like you say, it's like going, taking it with, taking it in your stride and going, okay, maybe, you know, mm. I, I'm still doing the thing. I, I'm still being creative or whatever, mm. you know, for your instance. Yeah, I, was like, I still I still get to do maths, but I'm not doing maths where I thought I'd be doing maths. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But is that you know is is, is creative? Has always come easy to you? In, in direct, is always is always been a was creative? Has always been something that you just kind of felt natural with and being yes. creative. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I always I always knew I wanted to do something that was arty. Um. So I was I'm I was lucky because a lot not a lot of people know what they want to do when they're you know that age because mm. it's 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 quite young to have to choose, isn't it? You know, and, and you yeah. change, don't you? And stuff like that. But it's, I think it's, you just have to 
sometimes you just have to go with the flow. I know that kind of sounds, it sounds a bit scary sometimes, but mm. you know, it's, I do, I do kind of think that everything happens for a reason. So, you know, it'll get you there eventually. Sometimes you just have to be patient. Sometimes you have to be very brave. Um, and sometimes it's just pure luck and it just drops in your lap, you know? So, um, I think I was, I was lucky that I, I ended up at North Staffs Poly, but then you kind of think, well, if I got in at Liverpool, would I have liked that course? Mm. <laughs> I still Who don't knows? think, I still think I, I'm a better photographer than I ever would have been a fabric designer. So yeah. <laughs> I think I'm in the right, <laughs> the right profession now. Well, I mean, photography can take, can take people, you know, maybe so I've interviewed a couple of, couple of photographers on here. I mean, yes, they only do cars, but I mean, what you're doing, what you what you're doing now is is in that, but also, I was interested in quite quite interested how you got to where you are now. Like, so when you were taking photography, did you, like, say, did you go with the flow, or you know, was 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 the opportunities like, how did you build your career? How, for people listening, like, and like maybe want to follow photography, but maybe don't want to follow a certain path or stick to a certain you know subject. Mm. For for you, what did you do? Well, I sort of, as yeah. I say, I I went to college, um, which. If I'd known then what I know now, I prob mm. but I didn't know I wanted to be a photographer at that point. So, but if I'd known, um, I probably wouldn't have gone to college. Um, I'd have done the foundation because that was brilliant. Um, but I think it would have been better had I worked for photographers instead. But that's just that's just me, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think that would have been better. But I mean, college was great. We had great fun um, yeah. and what have you. But um, I learned more working for photographers when I left. So I had uh, I had a friend who lived in London who was on my photography course because there was only six of us on our course. And um, so when we left, I didn't really know what I was doing. I hadn't kind of mm. thought about it thinking. <laughs> and we the sort of careers advice at college was practically non-existent so it, you were just kind of left to your own devices and so I went home and just kind of did little jobs for local people and things like that I wasn't really sure quite what where I wanted to be in photography you know what mm. kind of photography I wanted to do mostly I, I kind of knew I wanted to do people rather than still life and things like that but you know, you just try everything when you start out. Um, and then it was actually my hairdresser who um, was going to a competition in London. And he said to me, oh, come along and take some photos for us. So I went along and took some photos for him and met, um, met an assistant who it was John Cocking who was doing um who's a who was a beauty photographer mm. and um it was his assistant that I met Kim and she said to me oh if you ever come down to London and you want because she advised me about assist told me all about assisting photographers and things like that yeah. which I had no idea about um and she said if you come down here's my number give me a call we'll meet up and I'll take you to meet people and join the association of photographers do this do that they've got a job line you know all this information which was fab so um I went home I used to phone the job line but of course because I wasn't in London it was no good because by the time I got to London somebody else had got the job anyway so then I had to move to London um what so I moved like? to I moved to so London. Is it just moving, moving to London. I nowhere. just moved to London, quite, you know, like you. Moved to London. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> Got my little bed set in East Finchley, yeah. um, which was hilarious. We had a brilliant time there. The girls in the house were were fab, um, and Laura, I think Laura was the only person I knew, and Kim were the only two people I knew in London, and. Um, so as soon as I got there, I met up with Kim and I met up with Laura and things like that. And Laura was actually assisting a photographer, Chris. I can't remember his name. He was a car. For, he right. was a. I think he was a car <laughs> photographer or still life photographer or something. I can't remember. Anyway, I went a few times into the studio with her just to sort of 
see a proper studio, you know, and, mm. and things like that, which was great. I joined the Association of Photographers. Kim, Kim actually, I think, got me my first job, which was assisting um, a lady who did a lot of kids um, for like knitting patterns and oh, all sorts of things. I tell you, it was the best training ever because if you can cope with kids who change every I think it's mm. they used to be able to work for an hour or something and so you've got this constant stream of babies and children and mothers and god knows what else coming through the studio it was hilarious um but it's really good it was really good training and um so and sh and that photographer Fiona Allison it was she worked in studios um they were called BMR and they were in Hanway Street which um eventually turned into Virgin Megastore the studio <laughs> like you do um mm. so I worked there for her and for a couple of the other um photographers as well there and then because I joined um the association of photographers I was put on the assistant list uh, and got to then meet lots of other assistants and then you meet photographers and you know all that kind of stuff but it was a lot of standing in phone boxes well you probably don't even know what a phone box is uh with with I've seen I've seen pictures you've seen pictures in the <laughs> olden days we stood in in phone boxes with bags of 10 peas mm. and just phoned photographers and said hello I'd like to come and work for you and that kind of thing can I come and see you and you just go and see them and you know yeah. to work out with it you could work with them or they wanted to work with you and all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of hard work, a lot of rejection going, oh, no, thank yeah. you, goodbye, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But being on the assistant list at, at AFAP, as it was then, um, was really good because they then, you know, put you with photographers who were looking for assistance and stuff like that. So you got to do lots of different things. Um, so you did still life, you did food, you did all sorts of stuff. And I quickly knew that I didn't want to do food or still life. And um, it was the people, the people yeah. thing that, that was really my thing. And at that point, most of the people that I worked with were fashion photographers and it was great. They were, they were all absolutely brilliant. I had a lovely time with them. Um, but fashion isn't my thing really um it was lovely meeting the people and stuff like that but I'm I, I was never going to be a fashion mm. photographer um and it was sort of towards the end of assisting that um the association put me in touch with a photographer who was looking for assistant called Ian Bradshaw and he was a people photographer and that was absolutely perfect and I worked with him for I don't know a couple of years as as a freelance because um, I've never had a proper job. I've always been freelance. Um, I don't know what a proper job is. I don't know. It's a proper job at this point. It's a proper job. If you're getting paid for it and you're, and you're well, working. Well, yeah, it's, it's a proper it's, yeah, job. Yeah. Um, so I worked with him and, the, oh, my God, absolutely hilarious. The first job I did with him, he did a lot of jobs for You Magazine at the time. And the first job that I did with him was mouse racing in Ireland, like you do. Of all things. You know? So it's, um, can you buy, can you go and buy a toy um, Epsom Downs race course? <laughs> and we're going to take it to Ireland and we're going to get mice to race around it. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so Maybe it's not a proper job. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And I'm just, I'm just there in Ireland thinking, what am I doing? But honestly, it, he taught me such a lot. Mm. He taught me how to just go into somewhere that you'd never been into and create a picture, you know, sometimes out of very little. Mm. Uh, and to be able to do it very quickly if you had to and things like that. So it was absolutely fantastic. We did do slightly more serious jobs than mouse racing in Ireland as well. Um, we got to photograph 
lots of nice people. We did Richard Branson and Alexander O'Neill and Chris Eubank and goodness knows who else. Lots just of, a few people. <laughs> just a few people and lots of people, which was which was great. So um, that was that was really really good fun. But the, all the assisting that I did mm. was great because it all taught me so much you know from each person that I work with I work I work with a lovely guy Mike Davis um who did a lot of pop um pictures for I think it was DC Thompson smash hits and things like that so it was a lot of one hit wonders and and people like that but it was great fun it was really good fun and I think the first job that I did with him he said oh We've got a film crew coming in, so pretend you've worked with me forever. Don't you know? Tell them that you, you've only Just been started for five minutes. Yeah, and um, and so I had to do that with him. And then after we'd finished the filming, they said to me, "So how long have you worked with Mike?" Then I said, "Oh, about three hours." <laughs> oh, okay. So that was that was it's really been a while. Fun. It's like baptism by fire, you know. Oh, we've got a film crew coming in and all that sort of stuff. But we we um we got to photograph Kylie uh with wow. him, which was lovely, and she was delightful. It was when she was very very new, just out of neighbours and um what have you, and she was coming down to us from Manchester, and she was really late because the traffic was horrible and she she must have phoned us every half an hour to say where she was how long she thought it was going to be i mean she was brilliant and then she got and she was so professional she was lovely mm. so that was that was really um you know lovely to be able to do that and and even better because she was the only person i think ever who's been slightly shorter than me <laughs> Everyone else is not quite eye height, so then the um, the camera is not quite in. Because <laughs> I've I've worked with photographers who were like six foot four. I'm only five foot. Who mm. are six foot four, and I've spent the whole day up a ladder because I can't reach anything in the studio. You know things like that. It's hilarious. Yeah, it, but, does, it does sound like you know working with these people gives you a huge amount of like you know being able to be so adaptable to situations yeah, and yeah and I mean learning so much. I'm just thinking of like you know. John or Lucy listening to this podcast and, and what can they what can they gain from you know your your experience what can you teach someone that's you know just starting out or finding their way in, in photography what would you say you know are the best things for those people to be doing is it, is it getting a job with a, being assistant is it stuff like that I think so it mm. it kind of depends what you want to do you know what kind of photography you want to do yeah. but I would always say unless you're desperate to go to college and have that experience I'd say that Photography is one of those jobs where it's it's probably better to to work with photographers and learn mm. on the job rather than in a classroomy type thing. I don't know because it's it's a bit unfair to say that really because photography courses now are probably completely different to the, yeah. how they were when I I was there. Um, but from my own personal experience, I would say go and work with a photographer. But uh, there's no right or wrong way. It just depends what suits you. If if college and things like that don't suit you, go and work with a photographer. If you're desperate to go to college, go to college because you'll you'll be fine as well. Yeah. Um, it really does depend what you want to do, and and it depends on your own personality as well and how much you you kind of know. If you know what the process is, that will help. Uh, I mean, I knew nothing because photography had never been on my radar um, for a job. And I had no idea how to go about getting a job or anything like that until I went down to London. And that was sort of, ah, right, this is what we do. And off we go, you know, and... And that was that was great. So mm. it it really depends on your on you and what yeah. you feel comfortable with, I think. Um and yeah, I think that's that's what I'd yeah. say. Because it's I mean it's all led to this project you're doing you've just you've just done now, isn't it? I guess we're, we're in the 
It's quite exciting. It's very big. You know, there's lots of famous people you've you've got to take take photos of. Um, but how did that opportunity come about? And what is it to people listening, what and watching even? Like, what do you what did you just do? What, what have you done? What is the project you've just been working on for for those listening? Okay, so Great British Racing Drivers is the project that I've I've been working on for nine years. <laughs> it's taken me that long. Um, and again, that came that came about from another disaster. <laughs> <laughs> only good things come from bad things exactly every cloud has a silver lining exactly um i was out cycling and i a lady in a four by four tried to drive over me so um while i was recovering i'd sort of thought before that anyway oh i really need to do a project yeah. i was i was working a lot for magazines woman and home and people like that which was lovely and I met loads of lovely people um as I say some of them who I'm still in touch with which is fantastic and came to the exhibition which was even better um but I'd sort of you sort of get to a point where you just think this is great but I'm just doing the same thing every time mm. sort of thing even though it's different people in different situations so I kind of thought, oh, I should really think about doing a project. Well, having been hoofed off my bike and lying face down in the A24, I thought, right, this Ouch. is time to do a project now. <laughs> so, um, so while I was recovering, um, my other half, who is also a photographer, suggested to me that racing drivers would be quite a good subject. And... We'd previously, back in the 90s, we'd photographed at Festival Speed um, because Paul had assisted the Duke of Richmond when he was a photographer in London mm. back then. And he'd said to us, um, oh, will you come down and do a few snaps? Well, neither of us had photographed any sort of motorsport whatsoever, but we were just like, yeah, yeah that'll be fine <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing but it was really good fun so we did did that for a few years Paul carried on I I finished because then I got lots of editorial editorial work and stuff like that so I was doing that hmm. um but then sort of 2013 when I was thinking about a project um I d decided to go back to festival speed in 2014 so I was already going back and that was fine and then, and so Paul had suggested that racing drivers would make a really good good project, and indeed they did. Um, but not actually knowing any racing drivers at that point was going to be a bit of an issue. Not having any pictures of that kind to show the drivers. Um, but Paul was going to the press launch, and he knew that um, Sterling Moss and John Surtees would be there, so he yeah. asked them if they would let me photograph them for my project. Uh, and they both said yes, which was lovely. Um, so I wrote them a sort of letter, which I didn't really know what I was doing with the project or how many drivers I would photograph or anything. I just said, I'd like to do this project. I'd love you to be in it. Um, I'll hope to have an exhibition somewhere at some point. Yeah. So it was all very vague, but they were both like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like good fun. Um, come round and we'll do some pictures. So my first driver was Sir Sterling Moss and my second driver was John Surtees. And my That's third crazy, driver was Sir Jackie Stewart. So I just thought, stop <laughs> with those three. Everybody else will say yes. And they did. <laughs> you just you just sent them a message just asking them if they'd, if they'd like to be on. Well, I think it it, it helped because Paul could speak to Sterling and and mm. Surtees and they'd seen him around at Goodwood so they they kind of knew that you know it wasn't some random nutter which is always the you know the fear the biggest fear <laughs> I have when I ask people to come on the podcast is they think oh, I'm some random nutter so don't worry about it <laughs> so um so I had I actually only had the two pictures uh for Festival Speed um and I just went down the driver list and researched people um, and picked out people that I wanted to speak to. But I sort of didn't really know who anybody was. So mm. I had to have a little crib sheet of headshots. <laughs> so I ran around for some speed going, oh, yes, you must be so-and-so. Um, 
and um, everybody said yes when I explained the project because I said what what I'd like to do is photograph racing drivers but I don't want to do just champions and I don't want to do mm. just F1 or something like that I said I want a whole variety of drivers from karting to F1 and I want men women kids uh, and I, and you don't all have to be champions. I want inspirational as well as mm. champions and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Because if I'd chosen only champions, I couldn't have photographed Sterling Moss. So I thought, well, yeah. I've got to get around that one. So we'll go inspirational. Um, and, of course, there's loads of people who come into that category who haven't actually won championships but are brilliant, you know. Um, so it kind of started like that, but it was a lot of research because I didn't know who anybody was apart yeah. from Sterling Moss and Jackie Stewart, probably. I sort of vaguely, oh, I knew who Derek Bell was because I'd met Derek Bell back in the 90s at, at Goodwood. So I knew who Derek Bell was um, and I knew who John Surtis was. So those were really the only four people that I kind of knew of. I knew of the F1 drivers, obviously, but, yeah. you know, but Goodwood was brilliant because it was the best place to speak to them all. Um, and as I say, everybody said yes. Some people took a bit more persuading to actually come up with a date yeah, <laughs> eventually. That, <that's... laughs> you, you must know about that. Um, uh, but, you know, everybody, everybody I, I asked mm. um, said yes and it was fab. fab. I mean, I've had such a brilliant time with them all. Um, and they're all, they're all really, really lovely. So, um, yeah, but some of them were more challenging than others to get the dates out of. <laughs> it, can, it can be life. Life gets in the way of some people. It's, it's, it's yeah. hard to pin. The well, dates. they're all busy, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having your photograph taken by me is not a priority. So <laughs> you just have to be patient and a bit yeah. persistent. <laughs> But also, so. also you're you're um you're selling them on a being part of you know and that's what that's what I love about the the, uh, the car community is that you know everyone's part of this big thing mm. whether you're a driver a photographer you you do a podcast you know whatever you do you know everyone loves these big things that people move mm. around and I think it's what what you've done is so it's so great it's so it's it's captured you know like you say it's not just capturing people that have won it's not just glorifying victory it's you know glorifying mm. a challenge or. And that's what it is, you know, it's a story behind life. And who, I mean, so who are the, you know, some of the people that, you know, people listening to this podcast or people that are in, interested in, in motorsport might not have heard of. Is there anyone in the, in the collection that you, 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 the story that you go, actually, that's, that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, there's probably quite a few people that, mm. that the people haven't heard of. Um, the newer drivers probably, maybe, I don't, I don't know because, yeah. because I'm, I'm even though I've done this project I don't I don't class myself as a motorsport person so no. probably there are there are people out there who are listening to this who probably might recognize the names <laughs> if I spout them out but um I photographed I photographed Jody Sloss who mm. was who was one of the newest drivers when I photographed her sort of she'd only been doing it a very short time I think she only came into motorsport in 20 22 or something and I just thought well that's fabulous to be able to get her so you've got from Sterling Moss you know to Jodie Sloss <laughs> which yeah. kind of works really well um uh and she was Formula Woman um she won the Formula Woman um championship or whatever they call it I'm not quite sure so so there's people like her then there's um Probably I'm I'm cheating and looking at my pictures. Um, yeah, um, there's some of the the young carters, Archie Clark and Ella mm. Stevens, uh, Callum Bradshaw. Probably are maybe people that they that people won't instantly recognise the names. Um, yeah, and maybe some of the rally drivers um nabila tijar t t char i can never get her name wrong sorry nabila um and people like that um but i think i think mostly hmm. if you know about motorsport 
you will probably recognise most of the names in there, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and obviously there are, you know, there are older drivers as well as the present, the current drivers. And then, and then we've done, mm. I've done stars of the future up and coming. And, and one of the really lovely things was um, Joseph Loke, who was, again, one of the last drivers that I, I photographed, um, just made the top four for the young driver of the year um, yeah. this year, which is, which is great. So, but I got him first. But the thing is, you you spent, you, like you said, you spent nine years doing this. So people would have, you know, they've come in and out of the sport or they've just yeah. entered. And it's, it's amazing. It's just to, to find it's such an eclectic mix of people. Mm. But what would you, what do you do now? Like you've done this project, obviously the exhibition, it was held, you've made a book of all, all this, all this work. What do you, what do you do now? Is it the next project? What, what are you looking I, for? No, are you taking a break? I'm selling the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I haven't got time to do anything else. I'm just madly selling the book. Um, yeah, there's there's still quite a lot to do on the project, but I I you know I I am sort of looking at um, mm. going back to work <laughs> properly uh, and doing doing stuff because um, I haven't I haven't done much because it's taken up so much time. The last couple of years it's taken yeah. up so much time to just finish it get it finished and what have you so um yeah so I'm I'm looking to go back to work and because <laughs> I'm just I'm interested in how, like how much work this takes to put the obviously you spent nine years but for people that want to do a project similar or you know people that are looking to do a big collection of you know art what what did it take for you I mean obviously you do a lot of scheduling what for you what was the most enjoyable parts of, of doing this so far um well it was me it was meeting it was meeting the drivers getting to know them because over over nine years you get I mean you don't you know because as I say because I'm not motorsport I'm not at circuits all the time so I'm not seeing them all yeah. the time but I I see them mostly at Goodwood and places like that and probably um British touring cars Brands Hatch Silverstone perhaps and, and places like that but um it's it's just getting to know them because they're they're such good fun, um, and they a lot of the drivers were were really they they got well everybody was very enthusiastic about it because they were saying nobody's ever done this before mm. there's there's no collection like it, um, and kind of almost because a lot of the drivers that I have photographed the older drivers aren't with us anymore there won't be that kind of collection again. There yeah. will be a, you know, it'll move on sort of thing and perhaps somebody else will, will do something similar later on. But, um, yeah, it's it's the the best bit was just getting to know them because when you pursue somebody <laughs> for that long, Dario, Frankiti, uh, you get to, you, you know, you get to know them in a friendly, jokey way sort of thing um which is lovely and then you know they they then are sort of um when you do see them it's just mm. really nice so that would that was the really nice part of it obviously actually going and taking the pictures was lovely yeah. um sterling moss and john surtees um paul and i got invited to their houses and we we photographed them at home and Susie came down afterwards and said, all I could hear was you lot laughing the whole time. So we just had such a good time because Sterling, Sterling just relates all these amazing stories, you know, where <laughs> the, the best one was, he said he was um, driving the Mille Mille route, not, not racing it, just driving yeah. it. And he said, I got into my rhythm going down the, the round the mountain roads and everything. And he said, then all of a sudden the steering just came, went light and the steering wheel came off in my hand. And he just said it like it was, oh, and I just went to the shops, you know. Yeah. And I, we were just like, oh. and he said, this is, 
what did you do? Well, I said, luckily, the car just veered into a snowbank and I reattached the wheel and off we went. <laughs> and it was so matter of fact, you know, and mm. you just think, yeah, but if you hadn't veered into the snowbank, you'd have been off the edge and probably not here. Um, but he was so sort of matter of fact about it. It was, you know, it was really good. And then John Surtees was just, we we did the pictures and then he said, oh, would you like a cup of tea? And we sat in his kitchen. He made us a cup of tea and we just sat in his kitchen for an hour and just chatted with him. Yeah. And you just kind of sit in the car afterwards and go, has that just happened then? Pitch <laughs> yourself moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's just that that kind of thing, you know, and you you generally have a really lovely time with them um, while you're pursuing mm. them when you do the shoot and then afterwards <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's been it's been lovely. That, yeah, I mean, that you can see you can see why you know yeah you form a connection with someone don't you because yeah. you've spent all this time with them you photography photographed them that's not the right word you've <laughs> snapped we snapped them <laughs> snap thank you thank you for making that my life easier um yeah you've you've snapped them but whatever 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 it is that you've, you've done and you you've taken you've taken a genuine interest in someone like to pursue them that much of the time mm. i got mm. like, i really actually want to be you to be part of this yeah yeah and, and sorry yeah you're gonna I was just going to say that, I mean, obviously there are loads of drivers that I would have loved to have photographed mm. that I just couldn't, um, A, fit them in or coordinate with them, you know, and things like this, which is a, which is a real shame because um, yeah. there's, there's lots of people who would have been in there. But then on the other hand, the book would have been so thick, you wouldn't have been able to pick it up. So you have to stop at some point, you know, and... Um, you would have had a encyclopedia rather than a book. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would it, it would be lovely to be able to do a volume two, but um, mm. we'll just have to see on that yeah, one. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say there, there is it's interesting, like sort of obviously you now you know how you now you're selling the book, and and it's gonna be a time where you know maybe you have some time freed up, and and I like to ask people because I'm interested. I I quite like to plan, like I'm a planner when it comes to like my life and the career I want to have and stuff like that. Do you plan, like, if I said to you, like, the next five, ten years are going to be like this? No, 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 nothing. Do you have an idea of what you'd like to do in five years? Nothing at all? No. no? <laughs> no. I don't plan at all. I'm hopeless like that. It's just, let's just see what comes along and, and you know, go with the flow and mm. see see where it all ends up or, or takes you or whatever. So I don't, I don't have a plan. I've never had a plan, <laughs> which That's... is pro- probably... Probably why I'm not a multimillionaire, but um, no, I, I I haven't I haven't got a plan. I would I just want to carry on taking pictures of you know whatever um, yeah. sort of thing. I mean, I've got there are things in the pipeline, um, but if I tell you it, then I'd have to kill you. So uh, I can't do that. Uh, I think it's worth <laughs> so, the risk. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, no, there there are things there are things afoot um, mm. and stuff like that. So it, yeah, it's just it's nice just to see what happens, where where mm. to go next, um, and all that kind of thing. Really, as I say, I I would love to do a volume two, but I I'd need um, sort of because obviously I did the first book completely myself, yeah. so I'd need some sort of backing to do volume two because. Um, yeah, can't afford to do it again. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't blame you if it's if yeah. it's taking you. Not, yeah, it's all self-funded, so it's a project. Yeah. It's labour. Well, it's and labor that's, of that you know that's why it's taken nine years because I've had to do it all myself. Um, mm. And so you have to obviously work in between and and do. You can't just go for it, sort of thing. So, but yeah, it's it's just to carry on doing pictures of whoever wherever yeah. having a nice time meeting lots of lovely people and and things like that really so, yeah. so that's what that's what i enjoy the most <laughs> and there, there yeah, so before before we end the podcast there is there are five questions i ask before i ask before i ask those five like sort of short round questions i am just interested in if you'd ever like take on one of those assistants that you were to people do you do you do that do you take on a younger photographer with you in these trips and stuff and do you do you do that for the for people um I I have done um mm. in the 
in the past, more when I was working for magazines and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I've got no no problem with that. And I've done I've I've had friends, children who want to do work experience uh, and and things like that. Um, one of which Georgina, who was absolutely brilliant, um, and she I we were photographing a lady with a, a deli, I think it was. And yeah. we needed to dress the front of the shop because they wanted the shot outside and there was nothing. So I said to Georgina, right, that's your job. And she went off and she did it. She was brilliant because some yeah. people can't. They've got no idea. And they just kind of stand there and go, oh, and they'll do it. They'll If you tell them what to do, they can do it. But I just let her do. And it, she was just brilliant. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I've I've done that kind of thing. But because I'm no longer in London and that's where yeah. most of the assistants are, it's, it's difficult because you, they've, they've either got to meet me somewhere or they've got to come to me first, which is not really practical. So yeah. um, I don't, I don't tend to do, and I haven't, I didn't, I didn't do it for the project um, only because mostly it was quite time critical yeah. and, apart from sitting in John Surtee's kitchen chatting for an hour. Um, a lot of it was you had to be in and out and, and done in five minutes and stuff yeah. like that. So so poor my other half is my my right-hand man who... Right-hand man. My right-hand man who comes and, and throws the lights up beautifully and, you know, does all mm. that kind of stuff. And and the good thing about that is, is we don't have to communicate <laughs> He knows, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he, knows, he knows what he's doing. He knows what I want. Yeah. Uh, and it, we just, you can just go in and do it and, and be out if you need to be in, you know, not much time. Yeah. So, it works. It works. Yeah. So, because some of the pictures, some of the pictures were literally minutes wow. to, yeah. to do. So, you know, um, you have to be on it. To, to be able to do that so I think the, the grid kids was a minute wow. we had literally had a minute because I had to wait till they came off the grid then we all wanted to see the beginning of the race and the people who had organized the grid kids just took forever to say thank you to them <laughs> and I'm standing there going come on come on <laughs> And we had to run down the pit lane uh, to the FIA bus where I'd set set up mm. the shot, and the kids were brilliant. They were they were just like they all just came with me. All the parents were like, do we really have to go all the way down? Yes, it's fine. Come yes. on. <laughs> so we're all running down, running down the pit lane, and got them in position. And it's like click click click. I think it was about five frames. Like right, yeah. go. <laughs> and everybody ran off to see the beginning of the race. It was absolute chaos. But it was really good fun. And Archie Clark, who who was one of the grid kids, mm. is actually Roger Clark, rally driver, Roger Clark's grandson. Wow. So I then, because um, me and um, Archie's mum, Debbie, really bonded over that shoot because it was absolute chaos and she was really helpful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've stayed in touch ever since. So I got to photograph Archie then with his granddad's um statue at Mallory Park which was really lovely so that is nice yeah and the grid the grid kids was taken on probably the hottest day it was absolutely roasting and then when we got to Mallory Park it was freezing cold <laughs> so Archie's done both ends of the spectrum <laughs> so um yeah that was that was good and I saw yeah. him recently at um Autosport International. And we have a picture of when when I first met him. And Archie's a really good hugger. He gives really good hugs. And we're hugging, and Archie's only about here on me. Yeah. And we recreated that at Autosport. He's up here now. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so there we go. You're not shrinking, don't worry. It's no. just... <laughs> I think he's been standing in a grow bag or something. <laughs> or share those shape bags that grow kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's, uh, yeah there, are, there are those five questions I'd like to ask. Um, and the first one of those is, what is your ultimate three-car garage? 
Oh my goodness. I'm See, that's really difficult for me because I'm not a car person at all. Um, Aston Martin, DB5. Hmm. Audi Quattro, the rally one. Yeah, From course. way before you were born. Um, is there another one though? Is there, is there well, any, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what else would I have? What else would I have? Peugeot 205 GTI. <laughs> you say you're not a car person, but those are possibly three of the best answers I've had. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh there's hope for me yet. For, for, for me anyway, I love a classic, so I'm, yeah. I'm all about that. But there's it's, you know, hope for me yet then. There is, there is a great way being, being surrounded by all these, uh, all these racing drivers have clearly taught you a thing or two. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I had my, my first car that I bought was a 205, sadly wow. not a GTI. And it was a really hideous colour. It was called Antelope, which was basically beige. And it was a 1.1, but it was brilliant. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> so there you go. It's that first car, it's that first car fever, isn't it? You're just obsessed with it no matter what yeah. it is. You don't yeah. care. It's just you love the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. The next question is, I'm actually going to change this slightly for you because it is normally, if you could pick any car to drive on any roller track, but you can do it once, what would you do? I'm going to change it to, if you could take a picture of any car in any setting, what car and what setting? Oh my goodness. Oh, you should have left it at the other one. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an Audi Quattro on a rally stage. <laughs> I can't make it easy for you, this is the problem. Um. What car would I like to photograph where? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think maybe then the DB5 in the Highlands of Scotland or something. Yeah. I can picture, I can picture it now. Yeah. Like a sky, a skyfall setting almost. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, preferably without the bullet holes and the rocket launchers <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Baddies. Yeah. <laughs> Without moving without them, no. Um, and the next question is because I know this podcast is all about you know showing people what's possible and you know the, the journey we will go on through through life. Um, if you could do anything, money no object, and you had to you have a job of any kind, what would you do? Money no object job that I would like to do. I think it. I think boringly it would still be photography, but it would Maybe. be it would be being able to photograph who I like, wherever, mm. for kind of no reason. <laughs> because like, you wouldn't have to do it as a commission, you know, because yeah. the, be the best thing about the project was because it wasn't commissioned so I could do what I liked. So yeah. I think that's probably what I would do. It's always good because that question, if, if you're not if you're not doing the thing I tell you, you know, I ask you about, then I kind of challenge you on it, but it sounds like you're doing the thing you want to do. So yeah. that's it's exactly perfect. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And the next question is if you could um the advice you'd give to a younger you or someone that wants to do something with their passion. Um to a younger me, I'd say mm. don't bother with college, just go and work for a photographer. Um, you know, pick look up photographers whose work you love and um go and phone them up and go and work with them if you can even if it's even if it's just go and have a chat with them for half an hour or, yeah. or something because you never know um what might happen and and also don't narrow your options too soon keep an open mind because you never know what might pop up that yeah. you might actually like better or whatever so yeah, brilliant. Um, in that case, the, the last question is: uh, What do you love most about photography? Oh, well, it's got to be meeting the people, definitely. Mm. Um, as I say, and it doesn't matter; they don't have to be famous or well known or whatever. Um, it's yeah, it's definitely meeting the people and and talking yeah. to them and hearing their stories. Because some of the people that I photographed have got amazing stories and some of them have got really sad stories and depending on what you're you're photographing them for. Um but yeah, it's that's definitely the best the best bit. And and then especially if you get on really well with people and you keep in touch with them and things like that. So yeah. that's definitely been the best, the best bit. 
I find that's the same thing with same thing with cars. It's just you know mm. the people are the best thing about mm. the cars, even though yeah, even though the car is amazing yeah. in itself and the engineering that's gone to you. I I gravitate to the story of the car or the person that owned the car. Yeah, because it's just so much more interesting. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Because people's stories, you know, just the person in the street. If you stopped random strangers in the in the street and asked them their story, you'd get some amazing stories. And mm. it's a little bit like that, but you're kind of sent to do it or you're paid to do it or you know you're doing a project or whatever and it's it's that really it's the interest yeah. in other people's lives being nosy isn't it <laughs> but but other people are just really interesting yeah so, yeah no uh, well thank you for your time it's been a pleasure to you know get to get to learn more about you your story and then how you got to where you are today so thank you well, thank you. It's been it's been an absolute hoot, and I can't believe we've been nattering for an hour already. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's weird how time flies. <laughs> I know time flies when you're having fun. That's okay. the best bit. Indira wasn't the typical guest we have on the podcast, but she is definitely one of the, as the biggest black book of racing drivers I have ever seen. If you like what she had to say and want to find the Great British Racing Driving Book, all the information you need to know to have those photos for yourself are in the show notes. And don't forget to like this episode, follow the podcast on this app, and if you really loved it, leave me a review. So, with that being said, I'm Harry and this is the Ignition Podcast. See you next week.